0: To the cycle friends i have got max taves on the show today who is max taves max taves is a kick-ass researcher who's got a new piece out with david k johnson's blog dc report in which he is looking at all the various ways an individual might die and noticing a distinct pattern no matter what way you cut it no matter which kind of death you want to have That death is coming faster for you in a state controlled by the Republican Party. So, Max, welcome to the show.
1: Great to be here.
0: Yeah, so this is great research. As you guys, you know, I've been pounding this theme for a long time, really because of COVID. It was so frustrating to me to watch COVID decimate red states because they, you know, people forget this, but they reopened many of the red states before the first wave had even penetrated all of America, it comes in on the two coasts, so Washington State, California, New York, and then it takes time to get across the country, so we were closed down and we were coming into that that Easter holiday in, in 2020. And that's when Trump starts talking about reopening everything and DeSantis and Kemp down in Georgia and Abbott down in Texas go hold the hog, reopen everything. And I got to tell you, if you lived in Texas, folks, the pandemic was a very short experience in terms of of your life's interruption. Okay, like it is a completely different experience. You could go anywhere. I flew down there during the height of COVID, before the vaccine to, to help in 2020 in Texas and every restaurant was packed all the bars everything was open the only place that 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 like cared about covid was my my upscale hotel okay where you had to like <laughs> where they understood people like me would be would be like dude keep these lepers away from me right so um you know i have been frustrated ever since we allowed republicans to murder their own constituents and ours i mean not a lot of black people died in those southern states folks and that's why they didn't care um, and, th- and never, ha- never, ever once did they ever pay a price. Right. I mean, like, think about Hillary Clinton and her emails. Right. If we had covered the Republican death panel, COVID death panel, the way that Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden's age gods covered, people would be up in arms to find out that the, the policies literally killed their own constituents. So hmm. tell me, Max, tell me about Republican death panels you do this research project where you're looking broadly at whether or not there's a relationship between government and and life outcome tell us all about it
1: yeah well i mean to put it bluntly republican policies are killing republican constituents okay yes. and it is not a close call so i like to poke around on basically government databases and one of those was the nih okay and the nih has this great portal where you can look at every way you can possibly die in anywhere in the world okay but especially us because it's got a firearm special one on firearms okay so it looks at uh suicide heart disease kidney disease alzheimer's influenza diabetes Motor vehicle deaths, firearm death rates, workplace fatalities, uh, murders, suicide, I already mentioned that, premature mortality, and then life expectancy, okay? And so on every single dimension, Republican states are among, when you look at the the 10 highest with all of these dimensions, these ways of dying, and you look at the 10 states with the highest mortality rates, okay, they're overwhelmingly 7 out of 10. Of the 10 are always Republican states. Conversely, when you look at the top 10 states that have the lowest mortality rates for heart disease, kidney disease, Alzheimer's, influenza, diabetes, motor vehicle deaths, firearm death rates, workplace death rates, suicides, murders, uh, premature mortality, Democratic states are out of every single one of those, there's seven out of 10. They're in the lowest. And, you know, again, I didn't run some R-square test because I also know uh, that, you know, in order to communicate to the average person, you have to find some, you know, uh, shorthand of communicating statistical relevance that you, you understand completely. You can't go yeah. to reporters and be editors and say... Hey, I ran an R-square test, and by the way, you'll find out that there's a, a high correlation, That's uh, the coefficient of correlation is really high if you look at mortality and, and partisanship. But right, by the way, right. you can do that, and you will find the same and, thing. And
0: it will, be, that's exactly right. Just to be clear, folks, you when you're a statistician, you'll know this descriptive data that's popping is always gonna pop on a on a statistical model. I mean, it's pretty much like always, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you put in some controls. Maybe if you're missing partisanship and vote choice, that will change. But generally speaking, you can kind of sense when something's gonna model statistically significant based on the on the descriptives or you know, or the cross tabs that you're saying. Right. And,
1: and you know, if we're talking about one or two or three or four or five, talking about 12 plus different ways of dying yes yes this is significant and of course it's interesting to see the responses from you know some like republican trolls on twitter and you know they'll say like well correlation doesn't mean causation because of course like they are like yeah you'd like to think so right i mean really that's if that's your best hope of basically holding on to. And it's not as if, you know, Republicans even care about statistics anyway. Right. I mean, it's not like the scientific no. method matters anymore to them. No, right? no. It doesn't so, matter how much
0: truth or fact or evidence you present to them. It's all going to be fake. It's from fake news. It's from the CDC. It's a conspiracy. They're all nuts.
1: Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I think that when you start to I, I think that. We in the kind of political science land and political journalism land can overcomplicate discussions about policy, right? You know, if yeah. you go on, if you go on CNN, you'll talk about, uh, well, you know, I don't know if the tariff rate, if we lower it by this percentage point, what's going to happen? You know, I, if we talk about, uh, you know, the benefits of uh, public health care, well, I don't know if it's going to do this. But it's like, look at the most basic outcome pumps of yeah. these policies we yeah. don't it doesn't have to be that complicated no of course doubt. policy is complicated but the results are not and especially yeah. if we have this laboratories of democracy that states are supposed to be
0: yeah which we why do. aren't
1: we looking at these yeah. laboratories
0: yeah and I'm so excited because like that was my frustration a couple years ago again with covid stuff it's like Look, guys, like one thing about federalism is it has produced and and, and, and polarization. So not just federalism, but federalism under hyperpartisanship partisanship and mass polarization has produced something kind of unique. It has produced states doing very, very radically different shit, okay? And doing it now long enough that we can get some time series data to look at, okay? And so that's why I'm so excited. And as soon as Max reached out to me about his article, I'm like, dude, come on the pod because I've been asking researchers, I I can see this thing. It's got to be there. Let's go show people there is a premium that you pay for putting Republicans in party in, in charge of your state. And that premium is you will die younger
1: <laughs> like, yeah. and more painfully and, and more right, painfully. Right. Right. You know, I mean, you know, for heart disease is a kidney disease is, is very painful. You know, yeah. uh, you okay. know I have diabetes, very painful. A yeah. motor vehicle death. Yeah. That's very painful. OK, even yeah. on motor vehicle deaths. Which there's a bunch of ways to look at that, but the main metric on there is uh, let's see. I found uh, nine out of ten of the states with the highest motor vehicle death rates are Republican states. And you know, granted, I mean, I am willing to concede maybe a couple points here and there might not be related to policy. But when you put together the totality of all of these, and then you realize how much Republicans have been fighting against common sense workplace safety rules environmental protections. Um, and you go, well, wait a second, maybe if you're allowing a Australian mining conglomerate to ruin your groundwater, Yes, you're going to get more cancer. Maybe you're going to get cancer.
0: (laughs) Yes, dude, it doesn't, it's not a, it's like Captain Obvious shit. And yet (laughs) you're the first guy to do it, right? So I'm so so excited. I hope this work takes off. That's why I wanted you to come on. I want people to be aware of this. I definitely want people working in elections and campaigns to be aware of it because in the book, I talk about. Oh, we have to tell the story, the macro story. Stop talking about, you know, Biden did this and that and this and that or whatever, dude. Let's tell a story because we're in it's 2024. We are 80, so 20, 45, 44 years into the Reagan revolution. OK, yeah. and, and what I didn't understand till recently when I when I came on this world history tour is like, actually, like all the American greatness, the idea that we're the superpower and that we control everything in the military and blah, 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 blah. That shit is kind of newish, dude, okay? Like that's not how America was prior to World War II. It was an industrial might, but it was no global superpower, okay? (laughs) And that's why they changed that stuff. And so I never realized in the 80s when like the Reaganites and the Grover Norquist of the world were running around talking about drowning government That they, what they were talking about destroying was a thing that had been created that was the best government had ever been ever created ever, okay, (laughs) like, the roads, the bridges, the public education system, the infrastructure, I mean, all of it was great, okay. So what yep. they wanted to kill is actually the modern america that we all have internalized as a leader of the world right nope. and so you know now we have 45 years of economic data and a lot of these places they've ruled the roost i mean when did uh texas flip it was like eight you know late 80s early 90s yeah
1: yeah right? and, richards, when yeah, and richards was the last and the last one so right. they've
0: had rule of the roost in rural states and in in red states in places like Texas, it's it's like complete and total
1: like right.
0: an autocratic level rule. Right. Okay. They own
1: these results. That's what yeah. I think the point is, which is what right. you're getting to, because I've had yes. this argument. I've had this argument with a Republican friend. And uh yeah, I, I have Republican friends, believe so it or do not. I, we still do. Yeah, right, <laughs> I know. That's controversial. But you know, and his point was, you know, like, well, I don't know, uh, Democrats controlled the South. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. They haven't controlled the South in a long time. But even when they did, Southern Democrats were a very, had very different policies than Democrats in the North. And so what was the main core thing? My family's from South Carolina. What was the main thread of Southern Democrats? Well, it's anti-labor. Okay, that is a core position of southern democrats okay and so you know uh that that is like the common thread there which they had a lot more in common with republicans on than they did northern democrats so anyway to your point though about republicans having ruled the roost here for uh 30 years in a lot of these places they own these results these are not and none of these by the way this is all these averages these are these are averages from 2016 to 2020, and in a, cu- a couple of them, they're 2022. Were relevant, but all of these are over. These are not one year. Uh, we're not talking about one year noise here. We're right. talking about significant year after year results that the NIH tracks. And so, you know, and I think that's important too. Is we're talking about you know these aren't flash in the pan kind of uh, results here. And uh, but yeah, they own these results. But you know, it's amazing. Is that, you know, Fox News will have a entire, their content strategy is literally on Democratic states in crisis, Democratic cities in crisis, right? But no other, no other uh, media platform, okay, no other uh, media channel has something like that, right? Right. Imagine if they did. Imagine if CBS News, okay, did a Republican states in crisis. I mean, what would they find? What would they find? I mean- They attract the least amount of capital. I was a venture capital reporter, but before I, uh, you know, several years ago, they they attract less capital. They have poorer families, or poor, lower median family incomes. They have lower median wages. Okay, yep. uh, and these are just the economic results here. And, and so, but if you look at their actual performance in terms of quality of life, I mean, well, you're just looking at what would happen. And imagine how much good actually a lot of these national news broadcasts. Could do if they actually looked at, you know, what are the the states doing right that are improving maternal mortality? What are the states doing wrong that have bad high maternal mortality? And they could encourage a race to the top. And it yeah, doesn't. It, it wouldn't have to be. It wouldn't have to be Republicans are bad. It would be showing, you know, not telling and looking at hey, what are the states doing right that are actually improving quality of life of their residents uh, and their constituents? And, you know, what are the states? So, and, you know, what's also another thing that comes out of this is, you know, I look at this and call it the, you know, the the uh, geography of the political geography of American health. Okay. And one thing that's really noticeable that you'll appreciate as a political scientist where it crosses into health, okay? And you look and wait a second, things that you might not have thought as policy based, you now have to start thinking of, wait a second, Alzheimer's, right? right? Um, Diabetes. Yes. Um, You know, heart disease, right? Kidney disease, Mm -hmm. motor vehicle deaths, which might make more sense connected to policy, perhaps. But things like Alzheimer's, where it's like, you know, eight, of the 10 states with the highest mortality rates from Alzheimer's are overwhelmingly Republican. Yep. And the 10 states with the lowest mortality rates from Alzheimer's are overwhelmingly Democratic. And then you start going, wait a second, things that we think of as purely genetic or biological are manifestly environmentally related.
0: Yeah, you know? very good. Very and
1: good. it's very clear when you start looking at this that these are connected. And, you know, again, I I think like in terms of communicating basically the thrust of your book, uh, which is basically, you know, you say in there uh, shit canning the subtle policy uh, talk kind of stuff and just, you know, cutting to the chase. Yes. Uh, To me, I think that, you know, what cuts to the chase is the proof is in the pudding. Yes. Okay. Let's just, the proof's in the pudding. These states make the most, they live the longest, you know? I mean, right. But another thing I think that's frustrating that a lot of people I don't think understand who uh, you know of the kind of libertarian streak of the Rand Paul types, and maybe more even more so the mainstream Democratic, mainstream Republican Party at this point is they they actually judge the performance by the tax rate. I mean that is the end result. Yes, right? it's not a means to an end. You know, no Democrats, Democrats, and you know, have always looked at. Uh, you know, pre-Keynes, post-Keynes, as economics is a means to an end. Tax rates are means to an end. OK, it's about, you know, the economy, capitalism. It's about using this to make life better, leveraging the market to make life better. Instead of, you know, it's just basically that's it. The corporate tax rate's low, the income rate's low. There we go.
0: That's it. Exactly. And you, and you see that, that narrative reinforced all the time in like business insider, and, Oh yeah, you know, all these ranks of livability, right? I'm like, dude, I'm not living mm. anywhere where I don't control half my body. And if you don't have that part of like your package of life happiness, then you're really missing the picture, right? So I like it because here's the thing. When I was a lowly undergrad cutting my teeth into political science, which is, you know, the undergrad version is very different than the doctoral version. A book came out that made a lot of headlines. And you guys, maybe some people listening to the pod will remember, and maybe the youngers won't, but it was called What's the Matter with Kansas? And it was by a guy named Thomas Frank and it was one of these crossover books that go into the general like my book my new book does right Political, you know political science to the general public. but here's a th- so what Thomas Frank's thesis or, or question was if if the, why are all these people white white working class especially because this is the beginning of the de-alignment of white working class, from, re- from the Democrats over the Republicans because the part Democratic party once was the rural party guy's okay just to be clear sh- shit's always changing in these two parties and that's why the Republican party that ended slavery is now trying to institute you know an autocracy and 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 kill us all right um so anyway his thesis was, why are people voting for politicians that are so bad for them in terms of their economics, their life quality, their, their length of life, the quality of their schools, you know, and that, that was a conversation I think that like ricocheted in the beltway on and off or, you know, it still comes up sometimes. Right. And my point, and I hope yours is with this research and the people that are going to hear this and pick up the mantle and the journalists that are going to call you and cover it, I hope, right. Is, is that, they don't know, okay. The reason why these white working class voters are voting against their own economic self-interest, folks, is because we we have never bothered to tell them. <laughs>
1: right. right. So,
0: what do you think of that?
1: Well, when we do, it's muddled by bad communication.
0: Yes. You no,
1: know? I yeah, mean, like
0: equivocations and it, right. Like, oh, oh, yeah. You know, we well, didn't do this and that and this well, and you know. But, but see, <laughs> the
1: other the other thing is that you know, my undergrad background was in economics and I remember, you know, economics professors would, I'd ask them questions and, you know, they'd always want to, and you know, every, everyone with a PhD knows that there's nuance to a lot of things. Right? Yes. And so, you know, they always want to say, well, you know, it's this, but you know, it can be like this and it's different and these circumstances. And instead of just speaking with clarity Often when things are pretty clear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, and I have I mean, to say
0: disciplinary in terms of the academy, you've hit on something important. Because sometimes that allows their research, A, not to do what it does. Okay. It doesn't even get the conclusion that they're making into right. the broader public's yeah. consciousness. But oftentimes it allows it to be hijacked and oh, yeah. manipulated and exploited oh, yeah. right with the COVID right. shit is a great example yep. of that. Right. Like, yep. co- you know, every headline that had something about an adverse res- you know what I mean? Like they, 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 the whole study might find 99% of the time it's safe, but if they have one line about equivocation, that's yep. what the right will use to kill, get people to kill them, you know, risk their own lives. So
1: Yeah. There, well, there's a great book, Merchants of Doubt, that's, oh, uh, man. that's, such that's such all about book. that, you know. Yeah, and yeah, Michael yeah. Mann, the climate scientist, has really been, you know, kind of hammering as, you know, he's this important uh, climate uh, earth scientist. And he's the one that had the hockey stick craft that he presented in the 90s predicting what would happen with, uh, with uh, heat, global heat average. And, you know, he's just kind of busted loose at this point. And he realizes that his work in equivocation has been completely hijacked and that he's just got to basically just make very clear. You know, I mean, you'll have biologists who, I mean, we we can look at, you know, I'm sure there's biologists that will say, well, yeah, you know, I mean, evolution's a theory, but uh, you know, I mean, yeah, right. you know, exactly. there's, like, well, there's always the chance that, you know, there's always like the one out of billion chance that maybe it's it's not true, but you know, I mean, chances are uh, you know, it it is, and they'll just seize on that. Well, see, there's it's 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 not it's not a fact, right? And so right. it's just basically smart people get out debated um by numbskulls. Um, because they don't care about subtlety and providing nuance. Exactly. And you know, so it happens all the time. I mean, a lot of times Republicans are great debaters. And in terms of, you know, to uh, the people in the crowd uh, uh, cheer and go, yeah, yeah, right. You know, I'm not saying they're going to convince you and me.
0: More but. so in terms of setting the narrative. There are just, oh, right. Like, of if, course. When you make it through the rest of the book, you're going to find that I, I talk about a couple of the things that you just talked about. Right. And I talk about, you know, exploitation. Like you may not mean to have your shit exploited, but they are going to exploit it. So please right. help us by not setting them up. <laughs> right. right. And right. then, you know, when Republicans <laughs> go on TV or into a debate no. or anything that there's going to be eyeballs consuming it. It is not about having a wonky, serious discussion, folks. It's about, they have a a narrative. Democrats are bad. Democrats are socialists. Democratic cities are hellholes. And they're going to get those points across no matter what the rest of us do. And we walk into those situations often, still, every Sunday on Beat the Press, Face the Nation, where Christmas is. And we've got a discussion, right? And, and you know, trying to tell people who got into, and I say this in the book, I get why you are in Congress, okay? Like, I get that you care yeah. about good government and policy, and you have these things that you're super interested in, right? but you cannot govern if you do not win, okay? <laughs> and you cannot win if you allow one side to exploit every rhetorical trick in the book to... Right. to frame public opinion in certain ways and you just refuse to to do it you know you yeah. just i'm i'm a good person and i don't want to do this stuff well fine yeah. then people are going to pay the price for your moral purity yeah. <laughs> in the place of actually being deported or rounded up or having right. their children taken away because they're trans or whatever right so like you gotta yes. you gotta prioritize and the message has to be the priority always
1: Yeah. You know, actually, I have a column out today in the Sacramento Bee and uh, uh, the McClatchy, California chain. Um, And it's about why what's really going on behind conservatives obsession with higher education. I'll send that to you afterward. That's great.
0: Just so folks who are listening, I'm going to link both articles from Max into this pod episode so you can read them both.
1: Yeah. And, you know, uh, I just basically want to hammer home this point, by the way, which is what kind of kind of the end of this byline, you know, that I wrote, which is I write, you know, what does it say about a political party which loudly claims to be pro-life and yet whose state's policies overwhelmingly produce the highest rates of death from cancer, heart disease, kidney disease, Alzheimer's, influenza, diabetes, traffic accidents, guns, workplace accidents, suicides and murders how pro-life can republican states be when their residents literally get less life
0: oh my god i'm gonna quote that i'm gonna put it out on twitter with this episode huh. max thank you for coming on the pod today i think that that pretty much we, we there's nothing else to say but what max just said though your duty people who are listening, your reporters call Max. Get this stuff into major publications because that's where it has to be for people to, to know. But it, you know, if you're just you know just an average person, then get that information on your Twitter output out. Let people see it because that is a very powerful message. It is coffer approved. Thanks for coming on the pod today, Max.
1: Hey, honor to be here.